Sometimes when we have a goal, we find that our plan isn't working. Now, wise people know you don't change the goal. You change the plan. Now, I'm almost certain that the audience that loves to listen to my tales of music and men probably don't overlap with the folks who like to watch professional golf on television. Now, I happen to enjoy pro golf, so I'll use it to get this quick point across. Now, back in May 2020, during the middle of the worldwide pandemic that virtually stopped the earth, right in his tracks, four of the top athletes of all time paired up for a charity game of golf. Two pro golfers, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, with pro football players Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, respectively. Now, I'll admit, golf is a game that is, well, an acquired taste, especially on television. It's quiet, a bit slow, and like anything, if you don't know the rules, it's virtually impossible to understand or keep up. But with no sports happening anywhere in the world, this was not only a much-needed reprieve, it was a necessity. Golf took a chance with all kinds of new and fresh approaches to the almost debilitatingly traditional game. There were odd but very welcome new camera angles, in-game chatter, off-the-cuff jokes, even split pants. Now, that one, of course, wasn't planned, but it added to the relevance of the event and it helped make it a headline across social media. That almost random game of golf was fun. It was different. It was unexpected. It was everything we wanted because it was none of the things we expected. The match, as it was called, was exactly what golf needed. Now tradition, how we've always been doing things, is something that cripples most of us, hindering us from having what we truly want. Now, I'm sure golf's goal of having people enjoy their game while they also made money and a little social impact was not a new goal for them. But doing things completely differently from how they've traditionally done it is what got them that result. Now that game of golf, incidentally, raised more than $20 million for COVID relief. Now plans or approaches based purely on nothing more than tradition can sometimes help us keep getting the same results. Now, if those results keep you in business, keep you getting paid, keep you from being too stressed, it'll just keep you in a place of peaceful, unmitigated contentment. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not good enough for me. I don't wanna just be alive, be content. I wanna live. And for me, that means constantly changing my technique adjusting my strategy, tweaking my approach, changing my plans. Although I never, ever change my goal.
I'm Kayana Ebony Brown. And this is a story of music and men. We left the event at Ellington around 9 that night. By 11, Jay was standing outside Cam's condo with a special gift she'd personally spent several hours the day before making for him. When the door opened, he smiled, expecting her to come right in. But she just stood there, right there at the threshold, pointing a three-ringed notebook at him until he finally took it, suspiciously. Uh, what is this? He asked, grimacing before opening the cover to look inside. Oh, that night, Jay presented Cam with a playbook. She simply said, Well, I'm going to need you to study that, okay? Cam's face contorted more and more as he turned each page. There were X's and O's, optimal routes for offense and defense, diagrams, and what looked to be equations. There were even actual pictures in there of, obviously, the female anatomy. This is... Uh, did, you, did you draw these? He asked in disbelief. But the answer to that wasn't important to Jay. She just said, Look, do you ever want to fuck me again? At first, he didn't think this was an actual question. But then he looked at her and saw that she was actually expecting an answer. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, of course. Well, I'm going to need you to study this, okay? It's a playbook of the optimal moves and approximate amounts of time you need to spend doing each of them in order for me to reach climax. Got it? He nodded, still in a bit of shock. There's even a list of exercises, like for instance, squats really help strengthen the quads, lower back, and the core. You know, I'm just saying. He looked back down at the notebook, again, as he mechanically turned another page. Is this a... Yes, it's the inside of a woman, Jay confirmed. But not just any woman. Me. But how do you even know what... And then he realized that he didn't need to ask that question because he really didn't need to know the answer. He closed the book, finally getting what was being said to him. And without looking at her, he concluded. So you're saying that I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Jay could see that he felt bad about this, and the last thing she wanted to do was make somebody feel bad. So, with as much sympathy as she could possibly muster, she said to him with pity in her eyes, Sweetie, I don't have to. You say it. 
every time you attempt to pleasure me and I'm not well pleasured she failed he felt like shit and she could see it listen look I'm trying to work with you here but I mean you you gotta meet me halfway Cam took a deep breath looked back down at the notebook in his hands and then he took another deep breath he knew this would be a very daunting task but then he looked over at Jay Starting at her feet, his eyes crawled all the way up, bending each and every curve of her frame. And by the time his eyes reached hers, he was damn near salivating. And right then, he realized that if he ever wanted to score with her again, he needed to be coached up. So he stepped aside and welcomed her in. First thing Monday morning, Ty went to Pete's Coffee, as usual, ordered her usual medium mocha latte. But only this time, instead of just peering at Ryan from behind as she waited for her name to be called, she walked right into his line of vision and chose that spot to wait for her order. She didn't want to come across creepily, so she didn't stare but she definitely looked at him enough to draw his eyes up and in her direction. And when he finally caught eyes with her, that's when she did exactly what she'd been coached by Jay to do. She smiled. And just as Jay predicted he would, he smiled back. And just then, the barista yelled, Hi, medium mocha latte. Ryan, large cafe americano, extra hot. And placed the two cups side by side on the counter. As they went to pick up their drinks, she said, I'm medium mocha latte Thai. And he said, <laughs> Hi, I'm large cafe americano, Ryan. They shared another smile while shaking hands. And because both of them had a few minutes to spare before they had to be on their respective ways, they decided to spend a few minutes while sipping their drinks to engage in some small talk. She didn't give him her number or get his. They didn't agree that they would see each other outside of their run-ins at the coffee shop a few times a week. Maybe that would come later. Or maybe not. But Ty felt so good about finally breaking the ice with Ryan that she went into work later that morning and straight into her boss's office. Um, Dr. Mayock, uh, I want to talk to you about that new therapist position at the new practice. Okay, uh, Dr. Aldridge, but that position has been filled. You you know that. Yes, I, I do. Um, but it's not filled with the right person. And when she said this, Dr. Mayock stopped and looked up at her, half shocked, half impressed. Maybe I should say the best person. I want to be considered. No, 
I want that therapist position. Why didn't you say anything earlier when you knew we were? I'm saying it now, she said more forcefully than she intended, considering she was talking to her boss. So she rephrased it. I mean, I made a big mistake by not speaking up last week when I had the chance. But Dr. Mayock, you've seen the way I am with these patients here. No one cares more. No one works more. No one does more than I. He listened and he heard her. I don't want to be a great addition to your practice. Any good doctor can do that. I want to help take it to the next level. And that made him smile. <laughs> Dr. Aldrich, you, you have all the talent in the world. I believe you were made for this. And trust me, I know how much you're loved here. I know you can be great. But let me, let me give you a bit of advice. You're not going to get any extra points in life by always being a cheerleader. The sidelines is no place for those with the gift to be a starter. And Ty knew this now. She looked him in his eyes and she nodded, accepting his constructive criticism. Looking back at her, he exhaled and said, From now on, I want you to carry this assertiveness with you. And when you need it, use it, okay? She nodded as she watched him yank a pen from the holder on his desk and begin writing on a post-it note. My colleague, Dr. Aikman, has a small practice in Southeast. He tore off the note and pointed it at Ty. But she works exclusively with children. Ty held her breath as she accepted the little paper and looked at it to see the name and the phone number. She will be looking for someone around the time your fellowship ends. You're going to call her today and you're going to tell her exactly what you just told me this morning. That no one else is better for that position and that she should hire you. Ty tried to hold back a smile. I don't think you'll have a problem getting the job on your own, he told her. But if you need it, I'll give you a stellar recommendation. Showing more emotion than she ever had in front of him, she said, <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Mayock. All right, <laughs> now get to work. You've got patients waiting to see you. She turned to leave. Oh, and Dr. Aldrich? Stopping her before she left. I'm rooting for you. Ty? She felt good that day, for the first time in a very long time. And although nothing was promised, she still felt as though she had at least made the right moves to get herself close enough to the goal. That same afternoon, I was at Lucas's front door holding a big brown Trader Joe's bag, which I handed to him as soon as I walked in. He took it, peering inside as he closed the door behind me. What's this? He asked, reaching inside. I didn't say anything. 
I just watched as he retrieved an 8x10 frame. Inside it was a black and white photo of him playing on stage. It was an incredibly epic picture taken by a wonderfully talented photographer. The kind of photograph you see years later that remind you of the greatness that was yet to come. You remember that? I asked him. And he smiled, trying to remember, but he didn't. That was at that showcase at... (laughs) Oh, Booze Alley. Yeah, I remember now. He said, smiling reminiscently, still staring at the photo. I didn't even know you had this. Yo, (laughs) I didn't even know this existed. It was just a few months after we met, remember? (laughs) We took 75 CDs to that place and didn't come back with a single one. (laughs) And I don't even know if there was a person in there that didn't buy one. I watched him, still staring at the photo, remembering. And so I asked, You remember that feeling? His eyebrows went up just as he answered. (sighs) Yeah, and I remember you promised me you would see to it that I multiply that crowd by a thousand someday. You said, these are your people. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then I reminded him of this. Lucas, Mario's people aren't your people. He finally looked up at me, his eyes filled with regret. That, that right there is our goal, right? I said, referring to the photo. And he nodded, agreeing. So, I know the need for money can toy with our decisions sometimes, but you have to keep that vision in mind for who you want to be and where you want to go. We, and I mean you and me, we have to make decisions now with your future in mind. Those people who wouldn't let you leave that show at Blues Alley without giving us $10 for a CD, They expect to hear your heart and soul when they spend their money, not something you did just because you needed money. The room fell silent for a long moment. I could see Lucas trying to formulate something, but was having a difficult time putting it together. I gave him his time. And then finally he came out with it. So... What about that song with Mario? Is it, I mean, like, is it going to ruin my reputation? Oh, yeah, that. Oh, (laughs) don't worry about that. I took care of it. And I left it at that. Lucas didn't need to know that after we left Germantown that Sunday afternoon, I went home, got on my computer, and researched cease and desist letters. After I found about three very good ones, I did some cutting and some pasting in order to make a really nice, long, wordy one that highlighted the illegal use of the voice and likeness of Lucas and the incorrect use of a trademark. And on and on I went, listing a few other laws and grounds that were being violated. The letter also stated that if the song somehow leaked that 16-9 recordings, my record company 
would take appropriate legal action, which would result in it becoming the sole owner of a Germantown dirt bike shop. Now that evening, before the art show with Solomon, I stopped at the shipping place so (laughs) that I could send this letter, certified next day delivery. And first thing Monday morning, when I knew that he'd gotten it, I sent the very same letter in an email. Mario called me the same day and agreed not to use the song. And I agreed to pay back the $500, although... Honestly, I had no idea where I was going to get that kind of extra money. Figuring it out, though, was sure as hell less stressful than trying to figure out how to pay him a thousand while explaining that song to all of my Asian friends. I felt like I had already put in a week's worth of work and it was only Monday. (laughs) So after washing off the day with a warm shower, slipping into my in-the-house uniform of sweatpants and a t-shirt, and fixing a quick dinner, I had retreated to my sanctuary in the basement to just chill for the first time all day. I laid across the sofa on my back with my laptop propped up on my knees as I surfed the web, juggling reading emails, skimming various nonsense celebrity news sites, and scrolling through my social media feeds. Any given Sunday played on the TV. I was tuning in and out since I'd seen the movie five, probably six or seven times, honestly, already. And although I thought it was a little overstylized at times... I enjoyed the story and didn't mind seeing it over and over again whenever I caught the chance. Life's this game of inches. So is football, Pacino exclaims. This drew my attention and I looked over at the screen to watch the scene. Because in either game, life or football, the margin of error is so small. I mean, one half step too late Or too early, you don't quite make it. One half second too slow or too fast, and you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. My phone pinged right at that moment, indicating the incoming text message. It was from TK. It simply said, Let's do it. I smiled knowing exactly what she was talking about, and sent back a thumbs-up emoji. See, when I met with January a couple weeks ago, I wanted to hear her ideas, but mostly I wanted her to hear mine, because although I felt strongly about the direction in which I wanted to go with TK, my insecurity about the risk called for objective reasoning from someone I trusted. And so, January was the first person I shared the idea with as we sat eating Tex-Mex. I think the art should be free, I said to her. And I watched as her eyes narrowed and she became more intrigued, moving in just a few inches closer, resting her chin on her fists as she listened to me. 
See, I believe that the art should be free, but that we should sell the experience. The experience is the shows, the merchandise, which includes the CDs, or vinyl, anything that brings you closer to the artist is what we should sell. But digitally, you should be able to download the music if you want it. Look, I want to focus my efforts and money on marketing my artists as an experience, not a plastic commodity that you could just throw away at any time. Of course, the how part of my strategy was a little bit more detailed than that, but January found it fascinating. And just as I wanted, she challenged every aspect of this idea with question after question after question. And I provided answers. No, I didn't know everything. I didn't even know if this would work. But she agreed that it was worth a try, which is half of what I needed to hear. The other half had just come to me in the form of that text message from TK saying, let's do it. Look, the fact that TK had been a teacher and obviously still had parts of her that wanted to educate in this way was something I needed to take into consideration as well. That impromptu acapella song at that performance the other night was evidence of this. So, I realized that we were not capitalizing on what could have been some great opportunities to satisfy both of our needs by only focusing on music. Hers, to distribute commentary about issues in this country, and mine, <laughs> to successfully run a business in said country. I had a brilliant, articulate artist who could supplement both of our incomes by speaking on topics that she probably would have been speaking about in a classroom. Only now, we could charge organizations handsomely for her to do this. I hope this was just one way for her to scratch that itch to be more vocal socially. I'd wait until tomorrow to talk about her decision to jump off this cliff with me, though. But tonight, I would revel in the fact that I was not epitomizing the definition of insanity. We were not going to be doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. No, I didn't know what result we'd get this time, but that was something that only time would tell. Because we know when we add up all those inches, Pacino says, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. And right then, my phone began ringing. I picked it up and looked at it. And the sight of the 972 area code caused my temperature to rise and my heart to skip a beat or two. It was him. In life, just like in football, sometimes a play will be called for you. Maybe it'll be the best play. Maybe it'll earn you a few inches. Maybe a first down and the chance to try again. Or maybe not. Either way, 
Patience and vision is the key to reaching your goal. And along the way, you have to take the time to see what develops, to notice that slither of opportunity. And once the ball is in your hands, run to daylight. Episode of of Music and Men was your finale for episode three. So this is your season finale for episode three of the podcast, but the end of episode three of the book and or eventual television show. Now, this episode was written and produced by me, Kayana, with music provided by Filmstro, of course, arranged and designed for this episode by yours truly. Now, of course, we had music, additional music from some of the greatest, like some of the just absolute best indie artists in the world. So we had Anita Latina from La Gang. We had Mona Wanderlich. Always got to put some Mona Wanderlich in there because music is just so hot. Himalayas by Mona Wanderlich. Then we had Mellow by Ghost Rifter. And then Marif by Soy B and... Amin Maxwell and then we finished off the episode with put it on that's what this is put it on the floor by Otis McDonald and then later on in your word of the episode we have music of course by Scott Buckley luminance by Scott Buckley and of course all of these great songs are linked up in your show notes so you can head on over to those show notes scroll up or down to get to them or you can go to musicandmen.com and click on episode 3.8 it's called any given sunday and you can find links to all of these great artists and these great tracks so you can figure out some kind of way that you can support them now of course for more information on these artists as i mentioned you can find that on our website or in your show notes now if you would like to have your music featured on the show check out our website for more information on how you can submit for that as well now, of music and men is so much more than just say so much more than just a podcast. The novella series is available in online bookstores. That's episodes one and two. You just heard episode three, but we're preparing for that to come out very, very soon. So just stay with us. Stay with us on our social media, and I'll give you the links to that. So you'll have some updates available soon on episode three. But you can get more information on our website, of course, at ofmusicandmen.com, where you can also get t-shirts and other kinds of cool merch. Now, of course, don't forget to subscribe at Apple Stitcher or wherever it is you're listening to your podcast. And remember to rate and review. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Lastly, connect with us on Patreon, where you can become part of this project and its journey and everything that it was meant to be. Now, make sure to share this some way, somehow, with at least one of your friends. And follow Of Music and Men everywhere online. As I mentioned, it's at Of Music and Men. And when you do, please, don't hesitate to reach out. Also, right now, we're 
trying to get some more information on our audience, if you can do us a favor, go to ofmusicandmen.com slash audience dash survey. It'll be in your show notes. Go there, answer a couple of questions. It'll help us out a whole, whole lot. So go to ofmusicandmen.com slash audience dash survey to answer just a few questions about your listening and entertainment habits right now would help us out a whole lot. Thank you. Artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type. I mean, we face lots of rejection, almost too often for comfort. So, whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you're simply just here to hear a great story, I want to always leave you with something to ponder until next time. Today's word is from Bill Belichick, six-time Super Bowl champion coach of the New England Patriots. Mental toughness is doing the right thing for the team when it's not the best thing for you. It is so difficult for us sometimes to look at the bigger picture in a situation, especially when that means that we don't get the praise or we may not be the one who walks away the winner. Because oftentimes, it's hard to accept a role that doesn't put us in position to be number one. However, sometimes, for the greater good, we kind of have to put ego aside and be mature enough to take one for the team. Now, this episode used a lot of analogies about life and sports, especially football. Inspired by football, the ultimate team sport, I wanted to show you how this young entrepreneur created situations that may not even have been the best situations for her personally, or even so-called win-wins, but where she made choices that were simply the best choices for the future of her organization and for her artists. That's leadership. So take one from Kenya, from this fictional character, and look at how you can create situations that are better for your ultimate goal and not for where you are right now. <laughs>